0: If you're encouraged, say, I am. I am. Okay, I love it. I love the energy in the room. Praise the Lord. Well, today we're kicking off a brand new series in person and online. What's up, online church? Hope you're feeling well. Drop in the comments just where you're tuning in from, logging in from. Nina and I and some of our team were at the Women's Resource Medical Center banquet last night, and it was so neat because I, I met a bunch of people that said we watch every week. We're online every week for your church. And I was just like, for real? Like, you're one of the 12? No, I'm just, uh, um, come on, that's no, more than that, right? Now, um, encourage, encourage yourself, you know? Um, praise God for our online community. God is growing it and moving in powerful ways. But uh, if you're one of those people that are online right now, and I met you last night, thank you so much for leaning in. We pray that this word would be helpful for your soul here today. We're starting a new series called Level Up. Level up. We are learning what it means to level up, what it looks like to level up. Every year around this season in September, I begin to pray about a word from the Lord for the next season of ministry. And so great is His faithfulness that we're entering into this next year. We're celebrating six years today. And I really sense from God that this next season is a level up season. It's a season. It's a year. It's a, it's a time to get better. It's a time to go to the next level in whatever it is that you're doing and specifically in your faith. Anybody grow up playing Mario? A couple of y'all, Do any of y'all still play Mario? Come on, don't, don't no shame, no shame. My, my son Epap, he is a Mario fiend right now. I've had to put in some disciplines that he's gotta make 10 baskets before he can touch his switch, all right? Because he loves Mario, but you know when he gets most excited? He loves to run up to me and say, Dad, 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 what's up, Epap? I went to the next level. I I, I beat a level. I got to a new level. It feels good to level up. It's something that we should strive for to to level up. When I think about that phrase, I want to give you some working definitions to consider when you think about what it means to level up. It's a verb. The phrase is defined in the Cambridge Dictionary to To go to a higher level, to go to a higher standard, I want you to ask yourself, what does it look like for you to level up your standard? What does it look like for you to to say, you know what, this next year, even if everybody else around me goes lower, I'm going higher. I, I don't know about you, actually do this, tell the person next to you and say, look, I don't know about you, but I'm going higher. And say right back to that person that just said that and say, Well, I don't know about you, but I know I'm going higher. I'm going to a new level. I like how the Macmillan Dictionary, y'all having whole conversations in there. Uh, the Macmillan Dictionary means to increase or improve something. I want you to consider and think about what are some areas that I need to improve this next year? What are some areas in my life that just need to have a, some increase? And I don't want you to just think about it. I want you to pray about it. And I want you to go to the Lord and say, okay, God, where do I need to level up? Where do I need to experience improvement? That's a humble prayer to pray. Where do I need to grow, God? Where do I need need to increase? We got a definition up here from the Urban Dictionary, which you know is always, right? (laughs) You know, what's kind of unique about level up is, is, is actually it's a phrase. I thought it was interesting. Like Webster's Dictionary says... Level up is being considered to potentially make it into the dictionary, but in the meantime it's still kind of on the cusp. But Urban Dictionary does have a definition. To make a move in your life for the better. To level up is to say, "You know what? I got to move different next year. I got to make moves that make me better. I got to make moves that make the people around me better. I'm interested in getting better. I want to encourage you to get better. I want I, I want to I wanna empower you to say, you know what, this next year, it's gonna be my best year. Why? Because I'm getting better. I, I pray that in 2022 of September, Lord willing, we get the chance to make it. It's not a guarantee, so we should level up. Lord willing, we do make it, that you can look back at this past year and say, you know what, I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better. So much better, right? I I leveled up, I leveled up. That's my prayer for you and for me, and I just pray that we would all commit to that together. I wanna preach a message to you today from the subject that I'm titling, simply put, it's time to level up. It's time to level up. One more time, I know it's uncomfortable, especially if you're a first-time guest. You're our guest of honor. We don't want you to feel uncomfortable, but the truth is you might, and that's okay, because this isn't that long, right? But go ahead and tell the person next to you, this is a message for you. <laughs> and come on, everybody should be saying it to each other, right? So there's no judgment, right? Like, you can't say that to the, Like, yo, hey, this is really a message for you. Just say it right back to him. It's time for us to level up. It's time to level up. I wanna, what I want to do is, in the remainder of our time, I want us to look at a story in the Bible of an individual who had a level up moment who encountered Jesus in a unique way and his encounter with Christ caused him to level up. And we're going to explore this narrative in this text in Luke chapter 5. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to turn with me to Luke chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 27 and I pray that the Lord would speak to you through this. So if you're ready, say ready. ready. If you're hungry, say let's, eat. Let's, let's eat. eat. let's eat. Father, as we get ready to eat from your word, we we really do, God, we ask you right now Open our hearts, open our minds to receive this word. Speak to us, O Lord. We're ready to hear from you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Here's what the scriptures say, starting in verse 27. Jesus calls Levi. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. In the Haydn translation, I read it like this. It's not authoritative. Don't judge me. I'm just giving you kind of how I read it. After this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth, and he said to him, level up. That's That's how I read it. Jesus went up to Levi and said, this really isn't working for you. Jesus went up to Levi and said, You could probably do better than this. Jesus went up to Levi and said, "Can I can I level you up? Can I promote you? Can I put a calling on your life? Did you know that you'll write a book in the Bible if you follow me? Or you can just stay at your tax booth." What's so amazing about this story is everybody else saw a tax collector, Jesus saw a disciple. Jesus didn't see Levi, Jesus saw Matthew, right? This is Matthew, the gospel writer's story. At one point in his life, he was lost, sinful, collecting taxes in a very fraudulent way, wasting his life on things that really didn't matter until he met Jesus and Jesus leveled him up. He comes up to him and says, after this, right? Luke chapter five, there's been a whole lot Jesus has done up to this point, right? From the virgin birth of Christ to when he started teaching in the synagogues at age 12 to what he did at 30 and beyond. Jesus in Luke five has already done much. So after all that, he went out and he saw somebody. I love that phrase saw. If you look into the actual, uh, The the detail, the Greek of the word saw, it's so much more than he just saw with his eyes. He saw with his heart. Uh, Pastor Josh Carter wrote a devotional in our 21 Days of Prayer, Fasting, and Fitness this week called Pray to See People the Way God Sees People. That messed me up. That that was such a good word because when you see people the way God sees people, you feel the way God feels about people. And Jesus saw the tax collector named Levi who was sitting at the tax booth. I wanna just give you some context because we don't have tax collector framework too much, but hey, you know what? Actually, nobody likes tax collectors anyway, right? Even in 2021. Um, but tax collector Thabiti in his in his commentary where he writes on the Gospel of Luke, he says it like this. In Jesus's day, tax collectors were known as sinners. They had a reputation for cheating people on their taxes. And remember, for whom they collected taxes, Rome. So they were seen as oppressors of their own nation. People generally despised tax collectors, right? So in this culture, in this time frame, and I'll just, let me just say, shout out to all the people that work in taxes in our church because we have some awesome ones and uh, we can recommend some to you if you need to. But in this culture, that wasn't necessarily the case. In fact, I've done it recently, I've done a a study on tax collecting in the the Hebraic day, and there was two types of tax collectors. There were tax collectors that actually did it the right way. Levi, (laughs) Levi wasn't one of those. He was actually doing it in a fraudulent way that was considered cheating, scamming. Basically, he was charging the people that were his own kind more than he needed to and he was keeping some for himself and then he, it was just really bizarre. So tax collectors were looked upon in a downcast way, but Jesus looks upon him here differently, doesn't he? He sees something in him. And, and here's what I wanna say to you today. D- try your best not to read this story and judge Levi, but instead see Levi as you. Like, like put yourself in the story. Can I just pop somebody's balloon? You're not Jesus. In the stories, you're not the savior. You're not the one who like shows up with the superhero cape and saves the day. You're, the, you're Levi, right? You're, that's who we are in the Bible. We're the ones that are in need. We're the ones that are strugglers. We're the ones that need help. And praise God, we have Jesus who comes to save the day, amen? I love that that this is the case in this story, and Jesus sees Levi and he sees so much more. I love how R. Kent Hughes says it way better than I could. He says, Christ saw in the disfigured life of Levi, tax collector, a Matthew, a writer, evangelist, collector of souls. He sees sinners with all their moral deformity through his ultimate artist's eye, Ephesians 2.10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, No matter how scarred and ugly a sinner's life may be, Christ can make it into something beautiful for God. He has devoted his life to it. Amen. I love that word right there. That Jesus can step up to Levi and have so much more in store. I believe that the God of more has more in store for each person in the room. Individually. That's you. Sometimes I know that I've been guilty of this. I'll sit in a, in, a, in a sermon and I'll think about other people. Can you just be selfish just for a moment? This is for you. God wants to level you up. I want to highlight a few words that Jesus gives to Levi, who's on his way to becoming Matthew. He comes up to him and he says to him two words. Do you guys know the two words? Follow me. Follow me. The two words that Jesus gives to this tax collector is this, follow me. What a word. Not super detailed, not super poetic, just a two word call, follow me. Can I just encourage you though? What better gift could we have than to have Jesus himself say, I want you to be on my team. I would really love for you to follow me. Me. What a gift. What a call. I think sometimes when I think about following Jesus, it just for whatever reason feels hard, feels kind of tough. Because I know that some of the, the results and the ramifications of following Jesus is denying yourself, picking up your cross and following him. But, but I want you to see what an honor. recently read this quote from revivalist J.C. Ryle, he said this phrase, follow me, is this. I will put it up here on the screen we, we can, if we can locate this quote. He says this quote, this, this calling to follow Jesus is far more important of an event than being married or coming of age or being made a nobleman or receiving a great fortune. It's the birth of an immortal soul. It's the rescue of a sinner from hell. It's a passage from death to life. It's it's being made a king and a priest forevermore. It's being provided for both in time and eternity. It is adoption into the noblest and richest of all families, the family of God. What a calling. See that, feel that, get excited about that on this new birthday. The first point of the message is this, If you're going to level up, you're going to have to follow Jesus. That's it. Jesus is saying, okay, look, Levi, I got big plans for you. I can see it. God's going to do great things in your life. Here's how it's going to happen. Follow me. Jesus doesn't give him any other clue. Jesus doesn't say, and I'm going to pay for your gas. Jesus doesn't say, and... You know, nothing, just follow me. Follow me, so powerful. I wanna encourage you this year, I wanna talk to Christians in the room and people that wouldn't ascribe to the Christian faith in the room. Maybe today you might feel far from God. If you wanna level up this year, which I think you should do, it's gonna start with following Jesus. It's gonna start with every day saying, Jesus, what do you wanna do in my life? Jesus, where are we going today? What are we doing today? What do you wanna do, Jesus? Let's do it. Because it's not my plan, it's your plan. Your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. You're not following me, Jesus. I'm following you, right? I'm following you. And there's no greater person to follow, no greater spirit to follow. I wanna encourage you, if you're gonna level up, believer, keep following Jesus. We, we, we never graduate from following Jesus. You, you never get to this place where you're like, Yeah, like I've been following Jesus good 20 years now. I think I'm good. I think I made it. I think I've arrived. It's not how this works. I, I, some, of the, some of the oldest saints that I've come around are learning new things, are saying, Jesus is revealing new things attributes of himself in my 60s that I just wasn't able to see in my 30s and in my 80s, in my 90s. I'm seeing Jesus in different lights. And praise God, the call to follow Jesus is all the way home. Right? I love the calling that Jesus puts on Peter's life because Peter struggled with comparison, much like us. Jesus told Peter, follow me. Jesus told other people to follow him. So Peter at the end of the Gospel of John said, well hey, how come he's following too? And Jesus says, what's it to you? I just told you to follow me. So we gotta keep our eyes aligned and locked in on him. If you wanna level up, you gotta follow Jesus. I I can't give you any other secret sauce. What's the secret sauce? Follow Jesus. What's the, what, give, give me your advice on how I can have a better life. Follow Jesus. How can I improve my marriage? Follow Jesus. How can I be a better parent? Follow Jesus. How can I be a better businessman or woman or leader? I got it. You ready? Follow Jesus. Jesus is the greater whatever it is that you do. Follow him. He's worthy to be followed. Now, I love Levi's response. Come on, let's look at it up on the screen. The text tells us in verse, uh, no, go go back to uh, 27, 28 real quick. Thank you. Sitting at the text, he said to him, follow me, verse 28, leaving everything. He rose and followed him. The greatest decision Levi ever made was when he left everything, to follow Jesus. I want to encourage you today. If you're really gonna be about that level up life, you're really gonna be about that follow Jesus life, you're gonna to have to leave everything. I, I can't compromise. Now, I don't know what that looks like for you. You have to follow Jesus to get the instruction. Not everybody's instructions the same. For example, Levi, Jesus said, follow me. Levi says, All right, I leave everything, and follow you. Jesus heals a demon-possessed man in Mark chapter five. He says, okay, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus. Jesus said, no, you're not. I got a different calling for you. I want you to go back home to your hometown and preach the gospel to your hometown. It's one of the verses God used in my life to confirm my call to church planning back in Vegas. The callings look different. Following Jesus is being obedient to whatever he calls you to do, right? And Jesus says, it's gonna be the best life. If you love me, you will obey me. And so I just want to encourage you, whatever you need to leave, let it go. Jesus doesn't come up to Peter and the disciples and say, hey, um, follow me. And you can drag your net too if you want. (laughs) What does it say? They dropped their nets. And they said, God's calling me to a new occupation. What is it? Follow Jesus. How are you going to get paid? He he said, if I seek him first, he's going to take care of it. (laughs) Right? I just know if I seek his kingdom first and his righteousness, it's, all gonna, it's just gonna happen. We found that to be true. Risky, yeah. Require faith, yeah. Does God show up? Oh yeah. I wanna encourage you with that, to, to level up by following Jesus. Now watch what happens next. What, what happens next is just a level up moment in itself. We'll go to verse 29. It says, and Levi made him a great feast in his house and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. The thing that I love about this story so much is that when Levi got saved, left everything, said, I'm following Jesus. He said, party at my house tonight. Yeah. And he said, I'm cooking a great feast. Yeah. Levi has skills. I think, I think so. It was a great <laughs> feast. Right? Come on. It was one of those Pastor Mike on the smoker feasts. All right? Man, I'm plugging your group, Pastor Mike. A great feast in his house. Where's Chef Vince at? It was one of those Chef Vince feasts in his house. There he goes. And they were like, okay, who's coming? All my tax collector homies. And Jesus. Jesus was in there reclining. When I think about reclining, I mean, he's chilling. He was good. He was cooling out at the table with them. I love that Jesus. Now be careful because they're not impacting Jesus in a way that they're changing him. He's changing them. Remember, you're not Jesus. <laughs> like, Don't use this text as a license to go somewhere tonight that you're not supposed to go. You're not him. But go wherever he calls you to go because you're following him. Right. So Jesus is there. And I love his company. It's a large company of tax collectors and others. Shout out to the others. (laughs) The the others were there also. They were like, how come we didn't even get a mention? But they were there. Here's what what I love about Levi. If you want to level up, listen to me, church. If you want to level up, you got to share. The thing that that he did, he said, I'm not gonna keep this new relationship with Jesus to myself. Let me give you the second point, here's how I said it. Don't be a Jesus hoarder. Anybody know, you ever seen a show on hoarders? It's just like collecting all types of stuff but can never like let it go or release it or sell it or throw it away or hoarding is a real thing. I'm not trying to shade hoarders. I'm just trying to encourage you not to hoard Jesus because Jesus wants to get out. Yeah. And I've met too many people that have said, oh yeah, me and God are tight. It's me and God. He's my shepherd. He's my comforter. He's my counselor. We're close. We're tight. And it's just us for life. Nobody, nope. Don't talk about my Jesus. And Jesus is like, why are you hoarding me? Let me go. Let me out. I might want to do something with you. I might want to send you. I might want to speak to you. I might want to love on you. I might want to bless your campus through you. Don't hoard me. Share me. Come on, Jesus is shareable. I love this quote from a pastor named Robbie Gallaty out of Tennessee. He said, the gospel came to you because it was on its way to somebody else. The gospel stopped at at your residence because it was heading to somebody else through you. The gospel's moving. I once heard it put like this from a global missionary. The good news is only good news if it gets there on time. It's not good news if you don't know the good news exists and you don't get it in time. The gospel, Jesus wants to go That's why the last commission starts with the letter G, go and make disciples, right? So don't be a Jesus hoarder. It's not just you and him. He says, where two or more are gathered, Jesus says, count me in, I'm there. RSVP Jesus, he's showing up. But if you're gonna be a Jesus hoarder, don't expect much leveling up. It's a lid. You can't level up by yourself. There's over 50 statements in the New Testament alone that use the phrase one another. And you can't one another yourself. But you can if you get around people and you share Jesus. I love this story in John chapter one with a guy by the name of Andrew. The disciple Andrew had a level up moment. Let's look at it. One of the two who heard John, John the Baptist, speak and followed Jesus was Andrew. Now check this out, Simon Peter's brother. Oftentimes we give Peter all the love, why? Because Peter walked on water, Peter was always saying things, one time he actually got it right, he said, Jesus, you're the Messiah, you're the son of God, and Jesus said, the Holy Spirit just spoke through you, and Jesus gives Peter some language about a rock, and all types of stuff, but guess what? You don't get Peter if you don't have Andrew. I wonder if Andrew sometimes is like, man, I brought this cat to Jesus and I don't get no love. Like, dang, what if that's your call? Andrew, Simon Peter's brother says, Jesus, I'm gonna follow you. I'm gonna drop my net, but first let me bring somebody with me. Can I go get my brother? Check this out. He first found his own brother Simon and said to him, notice what notice what he said to him. We have found the Messiah, good word, which means Christ, he brought him to Jesus. He said, I'm bringing you to Jesus. I love the, keep, if you keep reading, go to John chapter four, you'll meet a, a woman at the well from Samaria. She has an encounter with Jesus Rocks her world. She's like, what just happened? God used this story to confirm Nina's calling to church planting alongside me. Such a powerful story. But the woman at the well, right? We shouldn't just know her as the woman at the well. What does she do? She goes back home and tells everybody about the one who told her everything about herself. And then she says this, come see for yourself. She brought them to Jesus. Don't be a Jesus hoarder bring people to him, share him, let other people jump in, I love this text from the Apostle Paul, he lived this out as well, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, come on, let's read this together, ready, set, go, we loved you so much that we share with you not only God's good news, but our own lives too, here we go, conviction alert, challenging alert, here it comes, If you're gonna level up, share your life. If you're you're really gonna level up, don't just share good news, share your life. Don't just stop at, oh, I got some good news to share with you, because we do, right? And the good news needs to be shared. News has to be communicated. We don't believe in just doing good works. We believe in good news that accompanies good works. is con- confirmed oftentimes by our good works, but it's the good news that has the power to save people. But friend, don't just stop there. Right, don't just be so interested in numbers, be interested in names. What's your name? What'd you, how, where'd you get that name? Why, 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 how'd you get that name? Can I invite you into my life? Now is that messy? Yes. Is that challenging? Yes. Will that require uncomfortability? Yes. Will that require you having to spend money? Yes. Invite them into your life. You don't have to invite them into some facade perfection life. That's all on Instagram. That's not your life. That's not your life. Invite people into your life. That's how we're gonna level up. I wanna give you this word, and and it's coming from my heart from Nina and I, and from our team. This is, going to be a, this is family language right here, confession moment. Stop relying on the, the, the ministry leaders to do all the life sharing. Like, if you come to me, this is what I'm doing. It's level up year. Some of you are like, I'm not coming back. Dang it. But it's a level up year. I want to be around people that want to level up. Yeah. right? Because we've got to level up together. And, 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 and you go at your own pace. Go at your own pace. It's OK. But if you come up to me, I'm going to do it so lovingly. I promise, I'm going to try my best. You say, "Hey, this you know so-and-so has been coming to church, and they really just, you know, they just really haven't got connected. They feel like nobody's really like invited them into their life and stuff like that. Here's what I'm going to say. Have you? Have you invited, it's not, it's not just my job. (laughs) Like, I'm releasing you. Invite people in your life, please. Everybody, we say this all the time at Walk. The church isn't like family, it is family. We say that, right? That means you have responsibility for family. Like, you have responsibility to check in on people. Like, don't just leave that up to a handful of people in a church of several hundred. Like, no, no, we need you to invite people into your life. Don't, don't just invite people to church, though nothing less than that. For sure invite people to church. But one of the greatest kingdom lessons I ever learned was from a guy named Joe who led me to Jesus in college but didn't just leave me to Jesus. Like, he, he picked me up. We didn't just go to church, we went to lunch. We talked, we checked in, we, right? I know you can't do that for everybody, but what if you said, I can do that for somebody? Yeah. There's somebody at this church that I can, I can invite into my life. And, and listen, let the, let the facade go. Like there's no such thing as perfect Christianity. The perfection is already done through the blood of Jesus. It's covered by the blood. So you're already under the blood. So all your perfect imperfections, shout out to John Legend, right? Like, let people into those things. (laughs) And be you. And let other people be them. And let's do this together. You have responsibility for people that are at this church too. Take it. There's this Cain and Abel spirit, I think, that exists in in, in the church world where we say, I mean, am I my brother's keeper? Yeah, you are. Like you might have beef with somebody at the church. You gotta get over it. You're responsible. Like you gotta at some point say, okay, I'm gonna actually forgive the way I've been forgiven and I'm gonna invite this person into my life. Go ahead and have boundaries. I'm not saying you gotta do it with everybody, but I think you do need to do it with somebody. If you got all that, say, I got it. Got it. Got it. Okay, let's keep, on. let's keep on going. I'm gonna go to the last point and then I got some exciting updates that I wanna share with you. I'm super excited to share. The last point of the text in verse 29 says it like this. Take time to celebrate. Amen. Notice what, yeah, amen. Some of y'all are like, I wanna clap right now. I'm, I'm so glad that last point is over. <laughs> Take time to celebrate. What did Levi do? This is what he did. Church, listen to what he did. He said, I'm throwing a party. Christians, we gotta learn to party better. We have to learn to celebrate better, right? Like, we we have to. I mean, this was modeled in the Bible. In fact, every time somebody comes to know Jesus, there's a party in heaven, right? Like, I wanna encourage you. Levi made a great feast. We gotta cook better. (laughs) (laughs) Open your house up invite some company what about people that aren't all got it all together this was on display be careful be wise but level up We're kindly at the table he threw this grandiose party because he wanted to take time to celebrate and i think there's so much wisdom i'll, I'll share with you one of nina's favorite verses out of psalm 9 verse 1 and 2 David says, I'll give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. Can I just encourage you with something? If you're struggling with sorrow, depression, feeling low, start recounting all that God's done in your life. Just start with today. Just be like, okay, what wonderful deeds has God done for me? Well, I woke up. Not bad, not bad, I'm breathing. I did go to Starbucks this morning. I, I drove there, I got clothes on. You know, like, you, you probably just get through the first hour of your day and start feeling better. Like, man, I'm actually doing all right. I'm doing better than all right, I'm winning. You'll start to notice I'm winning, it'll encourage your soul. We gotta do a better job of recounting the wonderful deeds. It'll make you glad. I will be glad and exalt in you. I will sing praise to your name. I wanna encourage you to to do that, church. Celebrate, celebrate what God has, take time. Take time to just recount, count, like count. You'll fill up a whole journal. If you just start counting all the things God has done in your life, the wonderful deeds, count those things. And go back to those journals when you're not feeling it just to be reminded of his faithfulness. He'll do it, he'll do it again. So with that said, I wanna go ahead and I wanna celebrate two things with the remaining time that we have. And, uh, and we're gonna close with a powerful time of worship. Um, the first thing that I wanna share is that whenever we plant a church, we always start to pray for the next church planter. Right, so when it comes to being a multiplying church, which is our desire, and which we wanna be a practitioner of, we don't wanna just plant a church, we wanna plant churches. So that's been the DNA and the heart of our church from the beginning is to to be about multiplication. And so, praise God, a few weeks ago, we were able to send out Pastor Joseph Gibbons and his wife, Kristen, Favor City Church. They're meeting at Green Valley High School right now. Their launch date is October 3rd. It's gonna be awesome. But when we sent them out, we were already praying for the next church planters. God show us, reveal to us where, who we can be a, a, a home to, ascending church for. And God began to link us up and connect us with an awesome kingdom couple, Pastor Andrew and Angela Reed. And so I just wanna, I wanna celebrate today with this announcement that friends, we're gonna plant another church. I'm super excited. And this awesome kingdom couple, Pastor Andrew, his wife, Angela, and their four kids are here at church today. So I wanna introduce Pastor Andrew and Angela. Can you just come up here and join me on the stage? Come on, we can do better than that. Let's honor this kingdom couple. So good. Thank you guys for coming and joining us. That's awesome. So what's so neat about their story is uh, Pastor Andrew's actually from Las Vegas. He's a Las Vegas native, and uh, six years ago, him and his wife moved to the Phoenix area to plant the church. They were able to see that church grow, and you can share a little bit about how the leadership has grown through your pastoring and leadership, and just talk to us a little bit about, this is our first introductory moment,
1: what you're excited about. We want to hear from Angela, too. Andrew, we're glad you're here, man. Yeah. Praise yeah, God. Yeah, good to be here. Thanks, thanks, Pastor Hyden. It's good to worship with you this morning. Pumped to see. We, uh, for the past six years, have met in a middle school just oh, like wow. this. Yeah, so. I didn't
0: know that. Yeah, wow.
1: and set up, tore yeah. down, pipe and drape. Uh, That's right. God, God brought us there, and it uh, right it's there. been awesome. Wow. And the Lord began to raise up somebody from within the church that when when we saw him starting to raise up, we thought he was going to be the guy we were celebrating to go out But God made it pretty clear about 12 months ago that we were going out and he was staying. Wow. So we poured into him, mentored him, and uh, just a few weeks ago uh, did an installation service and had him become the next lead pastor of the church that we planted six years ago because... Much to our amazement and thrilled about God was leading us back to home uh, here in Las Vegas. And so we're finishing up a couple of things uh, there, tying up some loose ends, and we're headed back here and going to worship with you for a while, and then see what God does and where he leads us, but pumped about the opportunity to make a difference in this city for the gospel of Jesus Christ with your help. Come on, Pastor. Yep. Yep.
0: So good. What's so cool about uh, Angela, she, she grew up in Virginia, in Roanoke, which is just not too far from Harrisonburg, which is where I went to college, and uh, now you're in the West Coast, and we like to call it the best coast, and uh, glad that you're uh, a part of church planting, and we we welcome you back to the city. We know you're familiar with it, but what are you excited about when it comes to this next stop in your journey?
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, so, yeah, I grew up in a different culture, for sure, in, on the West Coast, but I love Las Vegas, and I'm so excited um, for God to use our family um, just to spread the gospel and have a gospel, out, another gospel outpost here. Yeah, I'm like super that. excited to see God work.
0: So good, gospel outpost. That might be a book, man, you know, really good. Well, hey, they're going to be around, so they're relocating back to Las Vegas. We're going to get in on this work. And one story that I wanted to share with you today is that you heard it a few weeks back, that before we, we launched Walk Church, we started to put money aside by faith to so when God would send us a church planter, we would be able to send them out with some resources. And we were able to get that up to $5,000. So we kept that in the bank. We were able to send Pastor Ryan and Kirsten Ivy out to plant Image Church in the Mountain's Edge area. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And we were able to send them out with that $5,000 gift. A couple weeks ago, we were able to also get that. We said, we gotta replenish that. We gotta keep that going and we were able to send the Gibbons in favor city out with a $5,000 gift. And that was a couple weeks ago, all right? Praise the Lord. Well, a a generous couple in Nina and I's charge group pulled us aside after our group a couple weeks ago, and they said, we were so impacted by the generosity of the church to send out that church plant with that $5,000 gift that we just wanna bless it back. Here's the next 5,000 for the next church plant. We were like, what? Oh, man. You can never outgive God. Right? So just so you guys know, that's, that's there. That's, that's following you guys. We just want to encourage you that we're, we're behind you, we're for you, and we're going to be in the game with you. And there's a lot of leaders even here in this room that are going to be uh, cheering you on and may even go with you guys when it comes to planting. Come on, let's just pray for this couple right now. Amen? Let's do it. Father, we just thank you, we honor you. Thank you for the reeds, thank you for their kids, thank you for the gospel outpost that they're bringing to Vegas. Thank you that there's nostalgia in this city for this couple, there's seeds that have been planted, there is fruit that's hanging on the trees that they're gonna be able to pull down and feed others from and plant new seeds and new trees. God, we just pray for this couple. God, we know that the spiritual warfare is gonna be heavy, that they're gonna be attacked hard, that, that Satan is, is scheming right now to stop this work. But we, de- we declare in Jesus' name, greater is the one that's in them than the one that's in the world, and that Jesus, you are stronger, bigger, greater and the gates of hell will not prevail against this church planting couple. And they're going to do a great kingdom work in this city. And we're thankful that you've invited us to be a part of it in Jesus name. amen. 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 Amen.